It's time to decide. You must choose your subscription box. Do you want fluffy, fuzzy things? Do you want a watch that you'll barely even wear? How about more collectibles to fill the shelves in your room? No! You don't want that. You want horror movies, and you want them on DVD. No, you want them on Blu-ray. Well, buddy, it must be an omen, because here I am, and here's HorrorPack.com. Join HorrorPack.com for $19.99 a month and get three killer DVD movies plus one exclusive. Or join up for $24.99 a month and get three Blu-ray blood soakers and an exclusive each month. There, now you've made up your mind. Or I have. HorrorPack.com for the best scare anywhere. Welcome to Achieving Reality Film School. This is where we interview filmmakers, writers, actors, and more. Welcome back to Achieving Reality Film School. This week, we interview Maya Korn, producer of Diablo, another one of the great films that was shown at the Women in Horror Film Festival this past February. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. We'll see you at the end. Here we are uh, once again for Achieving Reality, the podcast, uh, here at the Women in Horror Film Festival. It's uh, like babysitting. I, it is. Uh, uh, we are here with uh, Maya Korn, like the band, but the R is facing the correct way. And she did Diablo. Yep. And it was in uh, Diablo. The, yeah. The, it was a it was a short Lady um, Diablo. <laughs> a short film. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And I I was the producer. <laughs> I didn't write that down. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you were in the producer of yeah. it. So uh, welcome. Thank you. As you can tell, she does not sound like she's from the South. Uh, you don't sound like you're from the South. No, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm from the UK, but I live in LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. So sometimes my accent is broken, but from the UK originally. Well, would you like us to talk like this? I mean, very glamorous to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you produced this film. Yes. Uh, how did you get involved with it? Um, so, slightly unusual, but kind of more in keeping with the way I produce. Mm -hmm. It's my MFA thesis. So I mm -hmm. did a producing master's at Columbia in New York. Okay. And I kind of came up with an idea, pitched to a women in film group, and then brought on my director and writer. So I, I was involved like, right from inception. Well, conception, I should say. Or inception. Um, Good yeah. enough. <laughs> Have you been in film festivals since? Or is this just recent that you got into a festival circuit? Well, so funny enough, we had a very slow post-process, like pulling teeth post-process um and we only premiered in october oh. um and we premiered in morbido in mexico because our film was shot in mexico and it's a spanish language film oh, really? um so this is our second festival we've only just started the run but we will be showing at boston underground next month 
and Cleveland, which is very exciting. Cleveland? I didn't even know they yeah. even had one. No, you know the name I. of the festival? Uh, it's called Cleveland International. It's an Oscar qualifying one. Oh. Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, <laughs> snazzy. Yeah. We have so. a, 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 get a real Oscar host. winner. <laughs> so what's the central theme here? Of, uh, uh, so it's socially conscious, like the blog. It's a female revenge horror that's supposed to raise awareness about violence against women. And we have Bruja, which is the central supernatural force. Um, but when we were doing research, everyone we spoke to in Mexico was like, well, nine women die every day from gender-based killing here. And that I didn't know that statistic. There are a lot of protests right now, so it's people are becoming more aware. But I had no idea, and I was struck by that. And so we decided to make a film that was, you know, talking about violence against women. And violence against women is also a universal topic. So we tried to make the theme relatable to a lot of people. Honestly, I didn't know that until just now. So no, I today know. I learned. It really, I had no idea until I went and started researching. So yeah. <laughs> now you said it is all in Spanish. Yes, all oh. in Spanish oh, uh, with subtitles. So my wife should watch it. No, oh. she's uh, she's <laughs> because of the Spanish okay. language, not because of well, the theme. Should. Yeah. Everyone should yeah, watch no. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, everyone she should, should watch it anyways. Watch it. Uh, so, what got you into film? Oh, God. I mean, since you went for a master's, yeah. it's been a little bit. It's so. been some time. Um, I don't know. I, I and originally, way back when, I was just watching loads of movies. I was mm-hmm. like that teenager who watched everything, didn't really have a specific taste, just knew they were attracted to the medium. And then I took like a class when I was 18, like a summer class in directing, and I hated it. And I realized <laughs> I really enjoyed organizing uh, like locations and little things like that. And so... Then it took me a few more years to realize I was a producer. I kind of got lost in marketing and advertising for a bit. Um, But I started producing immersive theater on the side. And I was like, oh, I I think I'm a producer. And I think I want to go back to film. So it's been like a very circular road. And that's why I did the Masters. Oh, man, very nice, very nice. See, I don't understand that. (laughs) It was a lot. (laughs) The the producing angle of it just mystifies me yeah yeah he's more of a director editor writer kind of guy well that's good because i mean i while i i love and respect um when the director can produce sometimes directors do step on our toes as producers so if you just want to do a creative i'm so happy with that (laughs) yeah and i'm an actor pseudo writer kind of guy so that's you know so i stay away from it all yeah unless he's like larry will you grab that (laughs) like yeah sure (laughs) so as you've been here for the three days what have you seen that's really grabbed your attention or ideas or things of that nature? So I wrote down a few names, but I, I'm hoping oh, that the names I wrote down do correlate to the, the stories I'm going to say. Because he's, he's got the book. It's hard to I, I do have the book. In my, in my blog, I read like Devil Woman. I think Devil Woman was one um, that was about, in, in Australia, there's a, like a, a plague on, on, a, on a gopher or some, no, Tasmanian devils. They have, they have a disease going around and no one's doing anything about it. So a, a girl gets bitten by one and then starts like becoming... Was that was that? Am I saying the right one? Yeah, there's devil. There's there's devil woman. There's a devil woman. Yeah, Tasmanian devils. I think that was devil woman, and I loved that. Yeah, devil woman is by Heidi Lee Douglas. I'm hoping that's the right one, and also I really liked Burp. Um, and again, I'm hoping Burp was the one where the woman gives birth to a rabbit. <laughs> it's that that so that wow. one. That. We missed a lot not being down <laughs> You there missed yesterday. my blog, guys. It's a really great. <laughs> but I really enjoyed that one because that. I kind of wanted to send me all those now with the <laughs> so with, weird. A, with a were devil and a, devil. a woman giving birth to a bunny. It this is so weird. I, I lo- this is a socially conscious block, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, what I liked about that one is so I'm I just turned thirty and, and like while I I'm not in the place to have kids right now, it's something in the back of my mind. And I think this was a movie talking about like 
the, the, when, when they find out she's pregnant with a rabbit, the husband really wants her to keep. He's like, you're 37. We want to have a kid. It'll be great to have a rabbit. It'll be low maintenance. And I think it's like about the pressure you face. And so I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed Black Lake, my, my girls, who you're going to be interviewing next. Um, I've watched all their work. And it's this Very really nice. creepy uh, Pakistani Scottish horror. So that was amazing. That was the feature I loved the most. And then to, to just now, I saw something called Backward Creep, um, oh. which I loved. That was really, really great. Like, I was really impressed by that. That was my favorite in that block because, like, I it's hard to do a good monster. Like, some people don't spend enough on the VFX, and it's like, oh, like, well, that's shit. I don't want to watch that. But this was a great monster. Um, so those are my, my favorites, I think. <laughs> I, I have to ask, since you happen to be British, mm-hmm. did you see Wretch? No. What, oh. what block was that in? Because maybe I can get uh, someone to send it to me. I, I have it. I can send it to yeah, you. Yeah, send it to me. Uh, because they're you have the to, you need to ask. Oh, I met the guy, I think, but I didn't. I didn't see the movie. You better ask before you send things. Well, out. yeah, yeah. But it was. Uh, I think it was yesterday or was early today. Oh, oh so today? I missed the early early stage because I was catching up with some producing work. So <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Was, I actually, it. it's. You'll be, you'll be able to catch it. It's at 5 o'clock. Oh, good. Good. Well, no, you won't because you're going to go to dinner. Well, my dinner's only five minutes away. No, so I okay. Can just, well, um, then you can walk in there and catch it. It's, yeah. it's the first That's one. That's what I'll do. That's what and I'll do. And then you go to dinner, then you can go to Wretch. <laughs> no. Literally. <laughs> no retching. Uh, Keeping uh, the food down. It is very... It, no spoilers. It, it, no, I'm trying not to. It's very British comedy. Okay, I love that, obviously. So, yeah. <laughs> There's a piece of it that is. I, I'm going to keep it really, really okay. vague. It's about five minutes, so great. So I will nip uh, down to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope you'll like it because I, I kind of have the same sense of humor. Yeah, I, I love Britcoms. Yeah, I, mean, I just go crazy for them. I don't know what it it's is. It's so specific. Yeah, the humor. I know. So. <laughs> My movie. Oh. Uh, well, let's hear your protection story. Well, what did you do? Well, I mean, multiple things, but the one he's talking <laughs> about um, was we, we shot in a very dangerous suburb of Mexico City called East Tapalapa. And the first house we shot in uh, was very enclosed, kind of in a, in a mountainous area of this neighborhood. And on our final day, they asked for extra money, like a bribe. And we didn't have to give them that much, but but because of the nature of the area and the danger, we, we had to give them something because we were worried we'd get in trouble. And then we shot in a different part of this neighborhood, and people came with guns to our set. But we'd planned for that. We'd had security, um, so everyone was fine. It was safe. But the other one, which was in the same neighborhood, we would like thought we'd built trust with the location, so we didn't hire protection. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a great learning experience for me because, you know, if you're shooting in a dangerous neighborhood, my whole crew was also Mexican and, and, and like, they, they knew. They already knew, yeah. But still, I think as a producer, I just, you know, more the more safety, the better. It's, like, so important for films like this. Think that in general, really, but then yeah. again, I'm paranoid, so no, no, but it's so true. And even in film school, they were like safety, safety, safety. So that was a good lesson yeah. for me. Oh, well, the film community as a whole learned yeah. that the hard way, yeah, here, yeah. <laughs> so, um, we don't like to advertise that, no, oh dear. Well, actually, they've been making a bigger deal out of it more, more recently. They're making a movie about it, are they? I did not Ooh. know that. Part. The police, they haven't already done it. No, maybe. But also more fun, dangerous, or maybe not fun, is we shot in a witch, a real witch market in Mexico called Sonora, and it's where the brewers oh, hang I, out. Oh, I know Sonora. Sonora, exactly. Yeah. So very brief. It's just our opening scene. We shot it for about forty minutes, but 
I believe I got cursed. Like, uh, so afterwards I just had the worst bad luck of my life, like so, so extreme. And I have like a friend who's in the witch community and I was like, can, can you do my tarot? I'm getting this like insane bad luck and it's actually getting kind of scary. And he, he was like, yeah, yeah, you've been cursed. You have to now wash in this herbal bath for six weeks. And, and the day I finished doing that, like the thing got reversed or the worst part of the bad luck. I hope but, he was, oh, uh, I like that. Just the worst part of yeah, that. I hope yeah. he wasn't that, that nonchalant about it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he'd be cursed. He was pretty chill. He was pretty chill. I think maybe he deals with cursed people all the time. But it was it was good for me because I, I like folklore and I like shooting in haunted places. And I think what I learned is to be more respectful of those areas and those energies and to, like, you know, maybe do a little offering or do something, not just march in there with cameras and disturb people like we had permission of the market but i think it's it, it, i could just tell some of the brujas were like not well, pleased you might have had permission of the market but not them right right exactly so yeah those are the things i learned from diablo <laughs> that's very valuable lessons though they're yeah, really yeah. valuable really and weirdly enough they're not yeah. life lessons you'd think you'd need no <laughs> but hey might as well always right? have security in dangerous neighborhoods when you're shooting be careful in cursed places or in places with witches. Yeah. yeah. That's, or that's, that's the book we should put together. <laughs> yeah. Life advice you never thought you'd need. Yeah, there oh, you I go. I read it. <laughs> the first sentence starts out, when shooting at a witch market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bring dot, your crystals, dot, dot. light some candles, like say thank you. <laughs> so uh, have you done uh, anything else up to this point so far? Yes. So I've, I've mainly produced shorts mm-hmm. and obviously the immersive theater I mentioned, but right. like mainly, mainly lots of shorts all pretty much horror genres, supernatural fantasy. Um, but I I would say this is my biggest. Like, this was the one with the biggest budget. This was the one with the most risk. Um, Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> this is my, it's my, big, my big baby. <laughs> and what is it you find about the horror genre that allows you the freedom to explore these themes I, as opposed to doing a, a, you know, a drama? Or, hmm. Well, I guess you would only... I, I guess... That's the climax. Ew. <laughs> I didn't do hey, it. Hey, we're cutting anyway. this short. Thank you. <laughs> no, but we are cutting the spoilers out. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. The, um, I think for me, just in general, I, I love all horror. All horror. But the stuff I want to make has political commentary. Um, and what's nice is if you watch something scary, I think it stays with you and, and has more of an effect, more of a reach. I often question why, because I'm the only one in my family who cares about horror. I, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with these stories. So maybe I got dropped. I don't, maybe a witch cursed me when I was a baby. We don't know. That's but not a I, curse. <laughs> no, I know. It's maybe like, the rest of the family got dropped. Yeah, maybe yeah. they got dropped. Maybe, maybe they, they got, got cursed. <laughs> You're the yeah. only normal one. I've, yes, exactly. That's, yeah, got to retrain the brain. Yeah. But yeah, I just... Ever since I was really, really small, it was like Tim Burton was my god. Like I've just always loved the dark stories and everything I do. Like even even the drama I like has like a darkness to it. That's and and dark comedy. The British comedy is very dark. Like everything is just a little bit off kilter, and and I, I don't think I could produce anything else. <laughs> Love me some British comedy. <laughs> he he knows. I I watch. You like it as well? Oh, I, I was raised on it. Yeah, I watch Monty <laughs> Python like. Like it's going to go away. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I'm literally watching from season one, episode one, and I'm going to go through the entire series. So it's so good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. Um, have you found uh, that your writing is more? And this is going to be odd because it goes back to what we've been saying, but it's mm. going to be a different way. Do you find your 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 writing is more of the external attack or 
like an internal. What we were discussing earlier was that we've seen the movies here and a lot of the female filmmakers, the source of the horror in the piece will be a more internal source than, mm. than the male filmmakers where you have a, a monster or some external force acting upon the characters. It's definitely, for us, definitely more internal. Like, obviously, there's an inter- external like, act of violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Which but, we won't spoil. <laughs> um, but no, Again. It, 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 it totally is. It, it's, well, actually, our writer was male, so he spent a long time trying to get into the psychology of this character. And then our director, who's a woman, did a rewrite to kind of push it together. But it's a give more away it's it's a rape revenge story and um a lot of the women had been affected by sexual violence be that just someone grips you on a train or like full on on rape like a lot of the people we talked to and some of the people involved in in the crew and i think most women have, have had that experience and that is with you and it's it's in your internal so it does filter out into your creative yeah from all the stories i've heard yeah. once that happens that's that's it and everything kind of revolves around Whatever you do from that point forward, it revolves around through your rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. So it's very interesting, <laughs> except for the the spoilers thing. That, that, that's just well, that's interesting that, too, but well, we don't want to give that away. <laughs> We're trying to help by keeping the mystery. Yeah, mysterious. I'm very happy you saw it. <laughs> well, we had to leave. I. I was not feeling good last night. Yeah. Also, there was something a little disturbing about how excited you got by announcing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, he's just happy it wasn't him. It's a, it's a, in either Boston or Cleveland, I'm not sure, it's actually being screened in in the trigger, trigger warning block. So both of them have midnight blocks. So then there's one 9 a.m. So I think given. Oh, you got to have it at nine in the morning. Yeah. That's got to be what you see in the first thing in the morning. It's a terrible time to watch it, but it, it is, it is triggering. And I think that it's had a positive and negative effect on the fest, the kind of festivals that are that are programming it. Um, like, I know we were quite close uh, to the finals of getting into Berlinale. That's the biggest yet. But I, I have a feeling because of the explicit content, it was difficult for them to program. And, and it has been for a lot of festivals, even the horror festivals, which is why we keep getting these date time slots, which which I love. Like, let's, let's screen at the witching hour, but also, you know... Yesterday was nine, which isn't so bad. The other two festivals have two midnights, and it's like, I'm going to be exhausted. We are going to lose crowd, um, mm-hmm. except the diehard fans. So I completely understand. You yeah, know, well, it's the, the real, it's the real, I mean, it's the real metal horror guys. Yeah. They, they are or people in general are just going to be there. They'll be yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other projects coming up that you wanted to speak about? Yeah. Um, so I'm shooting another, another film sort of in, not in this universe, but in this, thematic world which I think I got because of Diabola which is a, a, a movie that's about toxic masculinity um, the director is first generation Mexican and we're not sure if it's going to be set in Mexico or not but it's basically about a child who is in, in real life four years old but an army maybe six years old who murders his housekeeper like he finds his father's gun by mistake and murders his housekeeper and then has no consequences and ends up becoming like an extremely powerful figure we were thinking we're not sure if it's going to be a president because we think that might be too blatant or what but it's it's a story that kind of has a similar message to diabola um, but also is trying to comment on like you know trump and everyone and the, the chorus and my country you know, universal tale of abuse of power um yeah and then also trying to shoot my first feature with another director in December, but we're still kind of working out like what the story is. So I'm not going to give you 
any spoilers on that but hopefully we get to shoot our first feature by the end of the year that'd be very exciting <laughs> that'd be great that'd be yeah. great yeah just use an email we'll go out there and market it for you yes please yes please yes please <laughs> we'll be more than happy to yeah i need i need all the marketing it's good for my visa <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah i imagine it would be yeah all right well thank you thank you very much thank you so much and it was wonderful hearing what you had to say there and we hope you really enjoy the rest of the festival and the rest of the day great well thank you so much thank you appreciate it Now we're going to interview Maggie Berger and Simone Murray of Cleanse, another great film from the Women in Horror Film Festival. Please enjoy. Welcome to the Women in Horror Film Festival edition of Achieving Reality, the podcast. I'm Larry, as you all know. And then with us, we have Maggie Berger, Simone Murray, and your movie's name is Cleanse. And uh, and who are you in the movie, Simone? I, how can I explain it? You're the main character. I'm the main character. You're Dana. Um, but just what she does. Oh, yeah. Um, I am I the one that does the cleanse. You know, it's, it's almost like an, um, a cleansing of your energy. And that's what. The character Dana does. Okay, so it's not like, you know, the juice cleanser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So then you directed it. I directed it and wrote it and kind of produced it a little. Let's be real. <laughs> it's indie film. <laughs> True. We, we, we know. Is this y'all's first foray into this or have you done this for quite a while? Um, as acting, I've been acting for about 10 years now professionally. Um, so been around the block a few times all right so you've been at a few film festivals and everything yeah. all right and what about you with the directing and producing partially and the writing i've been doing film for a while this was my first time directing a narrative short um so it was kind of a different process before that i had done documentary and i actually did another documentary last year and i'm hoping to go back to more of the horror genre again um but it was so it was a different process but not my first time around the block in film so in a festival like this, you know, it's pertinent for me to ask, what do you feel that women bring to horror that's not traditionally been there? Um, I think that in general, it's important to have diversity in every genre, right? And I think it's because it's diversity of points of view and diversity of diversity of the horror, right? Like some of the movies that inspired Cleanse were like four months, three weeks, two days. And like um, that movie is all about abortion and like women's rights and like women living in a time of communism in which abortion is illegal. And that movie is horrifying, but not in a traditional sense, right? It's not horrifying in the sense that there are aliens popping out of the windows, but it's horrifying because these women have to undergo this horrible situation. So I think that Women bring a lot of different narratives and horrific narratives, but they're not necessarily the narratives that we've seen over and over again. So I think the diversity in general in any genre is great just because it's bringing a bunch of new ways to scare people. And I don't think that folks looking at maybe a horror film that a woman has made won't be horrified by it because they're not a woman. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I think we just have a different perspective at looking at things because um, Clint's to me didn't, it wasn't a horror film. It wasn't scary. It was just a different way of looking at a perspective. You know what I mean? It's just a different way of looking at things. Because I think with the film, all of us go through that. 
You know, you might be around someone who, you can be in a room and somebody can just be tapping your energy and it's like, oh, what is it? I just don't like this person. You don't know why. And this just shows you a different perspective of that, you know? Yeah, I think the movie also, especially this movie, this movie is about an energy healer who has to perform essentially an exorcism. And so I think that, at least for me, most of the people that I met when I was doing my research on energy healing were women. Mm -hmm. And so uh, entering that world, I think that it was easier as a woman to connect with those folks and to get a better idea of exactly how I should be writing the characters and kind of relating to them. So even in that sense of like entering worlds that are maybe more female dominated, we have like that ability to enter those worlds easily. Mm -hmm. So that obviously too. And this is your first festival or have you been in festivals previously? This is this movie's sixth or seventh festival. Yeah, we I actually have been doing a lot better in kind of LGBTQIA festivals because there's only three characters in the entire movie. Dana is the main character, but the other two characters are a lesbian couple who are married. And so I think that we're kind of on that weird line. Um, we have like the Cronenberg kind of special effects that are really crazy and scary. But it's also very much a drama in terms of plot arc. And so I think that we've been kind of straddling that line between drama and horror, uh, which has been kind of an interesting, right. made for an interesting festival run. Yeah. People don't quite know where to put us, which I'm fine with. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Yeah. It's, it's kind of been nice to not feel pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, def it's definitely not a traditional horror with jump scares and that kind of um, pacing. More like, I would say, like a psycho, like a psychological or? I would say more psychological. If you've ever seen, um, I'm th trying to think of other good examples. If you've ever seen like Beautiful with Javier Bardem or other slower Hereditary. dramas. Hereditary is a great example, especially like the first three quarters of the film. It's just a very slow drama. I think Ari Aster said about Hereditary that it was a movie about a family grieving. It wasn't a horror movie. And I think that this movie is about a woman who's suffering from depression and really trying to get out of it. And she's facing this horrible obstacle that she has to overcome. And then there's horror aspects to it, right? Because her perception of what's happening in front of her is horrific. But it's not necessarily a traditional horror right. guy jumps out with a saw. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> kind of vibe. Although I do love those. I don't want to make it sound like I'm bashing any. So you're saying it's not a slasher film? It's not a slasher film. It's definitely not a slasher film. <laughs> so when you're doing a movie as as a woman, do you ever give any consideration to the classical horror tropes? How do you put your own spin on that? Uh, I think that's a great question. I think so. I've been consuming horror films since I was 15. I saw the director's cut of The Exorcist and was like mind blown. I was like, what is this? I was going, I was in a Catholic high school, grew up with a Catholic mother. And I remember watching it and thinking to myself, like, nobody told them they can't do this. Like that, nobody told them this is illegal, right? Like, it was just so mind blowing to me. And so I think that I have a pretty good idea of the span of horror up until this point. I tried to approach this film not by making a horror film. I tried to approach the film by making a drama, mm -hmm. and I wanted it to be character-driven first and then have horror elements second. Um, and so a lot of the inspirations for the film are very much like that. They're very much dramas with horror elements added on top of them, which, like I said, kind of keeps us from being boxed in, which is really great, but also then puts us in a weird world where we're straddling a bunch of lines. I don't know. It might be fun to, like, remake... A weird, campy, let's all go to camp horror movie, though. That sounds yeah. like a good time. 
And do you have you know, plans for a future project? Do you know what your next goal is going to be? Or just going to keep pushing this one for a little while? Um, pushing this one for the rest of the year. I'm hoping to shoot another horror short at the end of this year. And I'm also working on my second book. This one's a memoir. So I've been spending a lot of time in both the nonfiction and fiction realms. I enjoy both a lot. And I've also recently, I was telling you, picked up some photography. So that's been really fun. Uh, just messing around with a camera because I finally bought a new camera. Yay. Um, they're so expensive. Uh, filmmaking is the most expensive hobby. So yeah, just kind of touching a bunch of different things and trying to, I don't know, find my groove. <laughs> and you? Well, um, I moved, actually, I moved here from Texas. So I'm here in Atlanta. Yay. Um, and I'm doing, uh, I have a project actually I'm filming this weekend. Uh, and we just wrapped another, well, I just wrapped another one about two weeks ago. So I'm just trying to find my footing here and see what's, what's out there for me. If you need to hire her, she's in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a Vimeo or YouTube where people can see what you've been working on? Not yet, um, but if you do want to follow my projects, I have Instagram and I post everything there. So uh, m period burger period writer uh, is my Instagram, so you can totally follow me there. And you? Um, not so much, but I do have some reels in my work on YouTube, and um, I'm still trying to become more savvy with the whole social media thing. Um, but if you need to find me anywhere, any of it, it's all the same thing. Simone One Murray. Simone the number one Murray. So for Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, same thing. <laughs> all right. So uh, anything else you ladies would like to say to uh, other possible female writer, director, producer, actresses? What, what would the acting first? Um, I got into, I always knew I wanted to be an actor. But, you know, as you grow up, your parents are like, get a real job. You know, that type of thing. So I started out late in my 40s. And I took one step, and I believe God opened up the doors for me. So I, I would say this. Whatever your dreams are and aspirations, don't ever think you're too old to this or that. Just jump out there and do it because you never know. And I feel like if you have a, a gift, that it's a sin not to share it. Oh, that's very good because I'm in the same situation right now. And uh, for the producer, writer, director, photographer, uh, uh, the, 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 yes, the... the Super worldly uh, woman. <laughs> I would say, I would say the biggest thing is that, uh, at least for me, I found that filmmaking is a very difficult barrier to entry, especially for women, especially horror for women. Um, but really, it's about getting out there and networking. As soon as you start to find your people and start to convince them of your vision and your ideas, it becomes a lot easier to make your work. And also, don't be afraid to go PA something awful. You know, because that's the best way to meet people. And so the first year that I started filmmaking, I just PA'd for a full year on a bunch of different sets, met a ton of people, worked on their sets, and started to build a community. And I really think that that's the way yeah. to break into film. You just have to do all the grunt work so you don't hopefully... I mean, I've PA'd for a friend's thing yeah. recently, so I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So definitely get out there and start... Googling on Facebook, like, whatever your city is, filmmaker group, and you yeah. will definitely find people. Yeah. All right, well, that's great. Well, I'd like to say thank you very much. Enjoy the film festival, and good luck to you both. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. <laughs> There you have it, another great interview by Achieving Reality Film School. 
Maya Korn, Maggie Berger, and Simone Murray were all great, and we hope to see more from all of them very, very soon. Now, stay tuned for more interviews right here with Achieving Reality Film School. Hey everybody, Larry here from Achieving Reality the Podcast. So you've missed the last few episodes, have you? That's cool. We got you covered now. That's right, Achieving Reality the Podcast is now on Spotify. Nice, right? So now you can listen to us on Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, and Spotify. We're growing and growing. I mean, wow. Follow us on Facebook and give us a listen on all of our new platforms and our old platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Achieving Reality, the podcast. See you soon.